0: We just stepped on their face with a half boot and broke their nose. One, two, three. Welcome to the Tide Run Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Bethay, coming to you right before the new year, two days before Georgia engages in a epic bowl matchup, <laughs> or what was going to be an epic bowl matchup with Florida State. Here to talk to you about opt-outs, why they're stupid, and why I wish they would stop. If you're new to this show, please make sure to like and subscribe, follow us on social media, Facebook and Twitter, or email us, titlerunsports at gmail.com. So I'm recording this the afternoon of December 28th, two days before Georgia plays Florida State in the Orange Bowl. And the big story is how UGA, as of right now, has no opt-outs, and Florida State is up to, I believe, 20 between injuries, the transfer portal, and people opting out for the draft. And if you've seen our social media, I posted something about this about two weeks ago. But I hate opt-outs, I don't agree with them, and everybody wants to tie these opt-outs to the potential earning power of these players, saying they're going to risk injury and they need to think about their future and their families and all these other things. And I was reading some posts early this week where if you speak out against opt-outs, it's because you're either a fanatical fan that only cares about your team and the outcome of the bowl game, that's supposedly meaningless, or it's because you're simply out of touch and don't understand. Nah-nah. I'm not either I am logical and I have facts and I'm going to tell you why I think opt-outs are stupid and why most of the arguments for opt-outs are heavily heavily flawed and before I continue let me go ahead and start with even the term opt-out let's call it what it is it's quitting your team is playing and you are choosing not to play it's quitting you're quitting on your team I don't care you will not convince me otherwise and they may have good reasons for it but let's call it what it is you are quitting your team is playing and you are choosing not to play In any other situation, we would say that you are quitting. So I don't know why we're not saying it here. These people are quitting on their team. That's just the truth. If you don't like that, you can lose an argument with me in the comments. But for these people that are, air quotes, opting out, you hear essentially four really common arguments. One is that they're prepping for the draft. Two is that there's a risk of injury and, therefore, the potential loss of money. Three is that ball games don't matter. And four is building off number two. If you get hurt, you could lose potentially millions of dollars. So we're going to come back and address those in a second. But right now we're watching opt-outs just absolutely ruin the bowl season. They make the majority of the teams playing outside of the CFP almost recognizable. Texas A&M was starting their third-string quarterback in a game that was played last night. He gets hurt the first play of the game, and they're playing their fourth-string quarterback, a true freshman, who actually did okay. And, and it makes it almost impossible for these teams to manage their roster for bowl games because for some reason... The portal opens at the end of the regular season so that kids can transfer between the end of the regular season and their bowl game, meaning that teams are losing key depth pieces and not able to replace them, and they're having completely reshape their roster in three weeks without having the chance to bring in new players. They can lose them, but they can't bring in new ones. It's made it almost impossible. And Scott, the stat assassin, brought this up. You got to change the system so that at least you make the portal open after the last bowl game finishes. The truth is people aren't opting out on CFP teams, so go ahead and open the portal on January 2nd once the traditional bowl games are done and then let kids opt out so they still have time to get into the new school before the semester starts, which is typically the second week in January. I get having the portal open between the semesters so that kids can start at their new school, but having it open with a month left of football to play, it makes no sense, and it's made roster management impossible for these coaches between the portal, injuries, and then NFL opt-outs. It's like if NFL free agency started in week 16 of the season and people could join new teams before the season ended and before the playoffs started. It would be absolutely asinine, which is basically the system that college football has built. So that's one of many, many issues played in college football. But my real issue is that the reasons that people give for opting out aren't good reasons. In my opinion, there is one good reason to opt out of a bowl game, and that is if you are nursing an injury. I totally understand a player who is playing injured wanting to rest and heal before starting the draft process. Talking about somebody in UJ's case like Brock Bowers. He's been dealing with an ankle injury for three months, and if he's not healthy, I have zero problem with him sitting out this ballgame to get healthy before he starts his pre-draft process or makes a decision about whether he wants to go to the draft. Same thing with Ladd McConkie. He's been dealing with various injuries throughout the entire year. I have zero problem with that. I will never criticize players who do that, like when Nick Bosa, who had been uh, dealing with a core injury for most of the season, sat out his bowl game. Same thing last year with Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't know why you wouldn't want to try to play for national championship, but but with you not having played basically an entire year, I get you sitting out of the bowl game. That doesn't bother me, especially because as a Georgia fan, it probably helped us win the game. But as for the other excuses, they suck. Let's go back through them again. Number one, simply saying that they are opting out to prep for the NFL draft. Now, between the last non-CFP bowl game and the start of the NFL combine this year is nine weeks. If you can't get your 40 time down and your bench press reps up and your three-cone drill time down in nine weeks, those three extra weeks weren't going to help you anyway. Apparently, the nine weeks isn't enough time to get ready for the draft. You need 12. It's ridiculous. Terrible, terrible excuse. And one of the reasons that people are comfortable opting out of the bowl games is because the argument is If we don't have a chance at the natty, the other bowl games don't matter. Here's the problem with that. If the only games that matter are games in the CFP, then why doesn't Caleb Williams just opt out after they lose their second game to Utah on October 21st? That essentially eliminated them from CFP contention. So by the current opt-out logic, that makes every other game they played after that pointless since they had no chance to win the natty and when you think about it Caleb Williams came into the year as the presumptive number one overall pick so really why didn't he just sit out the entire season why even bother to play and risk injury now the answer would be people will say to have a chance to win a national championship well then again that goes back to my first argument which is Once they lose their second game to Utah and they're out of contention, why keep playing? Especially if injury risk and the potential loss of value is the big concern. And the injury risk argument to me is curious also because essentially what people make it sound like as if the risk of injury in game 14 or 13 for your bowl game is higher than it was in any of the other games throughout the entire season. The risk of injury is the same every time you step on the football field. So why is the risk of injury so much of a concern in the bowl game when it wasn't a concern in meaningless games 11 and 12 that you played? So in Caleb Williams' case, why are you in- worried about getting injured in the bowl game that you missed out on, where your back quarterback set a holiday bowl record for six, with six touchdown passes? Why were you more concerned about injury risk in the bowl game, but you weren't concerned about it? in games against Cal, Oregon, Washington, UCLA, which, by the logic that we're using, were meaningless. Do you follow what I'm saying here? It doesn't make any sense. If injury risk is such a big deal, then again, as soon as any high draft pick is on a team that loses two games, they should opt out for the rest of the year. They can't hurt their draft stock, and they can't—they won't risk injury. So why even bother playing the end of the regular season? And guess what? You're going to see people start doing this and you're going to have to decide whether or not you think that's okay. And it's going to ruin college football if that's the route that we go down. Now, what I will say is that while the risks of injury in bowl games aren't greater, the consequences are greater because you have less time to recover from potentially catastrophic injury. But here's the thing. When people talk about the potential loss of money from a catastrophic injury, and I asked them to name me the examples, they have two. It's Jake Butt from the University of Michigan and Jalen Smith from the University of Notre Dame. Those are the two. In the whatever it's been, eight or nine years that opt-outs have been a thing, starting back with the McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette years, we've got two potential expected first-round picks that have actually gotten injured and lost money. Two. And to hear people tell it, there's so much risk of losing money if you play in this bowl game and you're a projected high pick in the draft. Yeah, it's happened twice. Now, we do need to take a second to talk about both these stories. Jake Butt, who is an All-American tight end for Michigan, tore his ACL in 2016 in the Orange Bowl against FSU. He ended up falling to the third round, going to Denver. And this is his own words describing the injury and what went into it. I tore my ACL in a bowl game. I lost a lot of money by falling in the draft. It didn't stop there. Since I was injured outside of the NFL, I did not get a credited season in my rookie year. I did not get benefits in my rookie year. I was not part of league insurance my rookie year. I made split sire, which was a six-figure reduction in my salary. Those credited seasons count towards your pension. They didn't give me a 401k match, which is almost $30,000. Your total net loss is going to be probably a quarter million dollars if you get hurt and are not able to play your rookie season. Wow. He lays out for you in detail the significant financial impact of getting injured in your bowl game and losing your rookie year. A lot of things that I didn't know and that most people don't know in his own words. So he then asked in the interview, you had a loss of value policy, right? It's an insurance claim. Sorry, this is Butch response. It's an insurance claim, so it's not taxable. It was a nice benefit. None of the numbers that were reported in the media were accurate, but it was definitely meaningful. I'll tell you this. I would have made more money if I hadn't gotten hurt and got drafted where I was slotted to get drafted. I would have made more money by having a healthy NFL career. It helps the pain a little bit, but I can't sit here and tell you I didn't have a lot of sleepless nights wondering what if. Butt goes on to say he doesn't at all regret playing in the game, and he actually had an infection that made him sick and almost missed the game because of it. But he says he doesn't regret playing the game, and he would do it again. Jalen Smith says the same thing. He said he doesn't regret playing the game at all, and he would do it again. And Butt ended up tearing the ACL in the other knee the next year, or the year after that, and he ended up with three significant knee injuries in a short amount of time and ended up flaming out of the NFL. Uh, the, so just to clarify, the second ACL tear was in the opposite knee was not related to the first one. He was covering a kickoff and slipped on wet turf. So that's what happened. Um, Jalen Smith, the other one we talked about, All-American LB that tore his ACL and MCL in the 2016 festival versus OSU. It was kind of a cursed year. He was a projected top 10 pick, maybe even top five pick, he fell to number 34 overall, so not as far as but. Now, he started his rookie year, but he ended up making the Pro Bowl in 2019 and got the bag. Six years, $68 million from the Cowboys, $35 guaranteed. Now, he's already been cut and bounced around the league, but he still got his guaranteed $35 million contract, and he got his bag. And again, he said he did not regret playing this ballgame. But those are your two examples. That's what could happen. It altered... The entire course of Jake Butt's football career with his injury in a quote unquote meaningless bowl game at the University of Michigan. Not so much for Jalen Smith because he was able to make a full recovery and get his big NFL contract. But that's the argument. Guys get hurt and guys can lose money. Here's the problem. While that may be true if you are like a truly high end prospect, someone like Caleb Williams who knows he's going in the top five, probably going to go number one overall, but it's spiraled to the point where you have people opting out of bowl games that are projected to be fifth, sixth round picks, maybe even UDFAs, and it's hurting them. And no one's talking about that. People talk about the potential effect of guys that opt out and how it could lose them money if they get hurt, but they're not talking about the fact that some guys opt out when they have a chance to help their draft stock by good bowl performance. I had a guy on Facebook tell me, well, you can't really help your draft stock by one game. Oh, I beg to differ, but we'll get to that in a second. But here's a brief history of UJ's opt-outs of the last few years of the Cobra Smart era. So it started in 2018 when DeAndre Baker opted out, didn't play the ball game against Texas. As y'all know, we played terrible. We ended up losing, uh, and it really stunned the momentum of the program coming off a national championship runner-up season. That was the end of the Jake Fromm era, and Baker did end up getting drafted in the first round still. The next year... When we played Baylor in the Sugar Bowl, we had Brian Harriet opt out. Andrew Thomas opted out. Isaiah Wilson opted out. Tyler Clark opted out. And JR Reed opted out. Now, JR Reed was supposedly dealing with a foot injury that came out later. Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson ended up both going in the first round. But Brian Harriet, who opted out of that game, went undrafted. And Tyler Clark, who opted out of that game, went undrafted. Maybe playing in that game would not have had any implications for their draft status but it certainly didn't help them not playing in that game as they both went undrafted, and neither is in the NFL right now to my knowledge. I know for a fact, Terryon isn't. 2020, Eric Stokes opts out, ends up going in the first round of the Green Bay Packers. Ben Cleveland opts out, Monty Rice opts out, Trey McKitty opts out, and DJ Daniel opts out. Cleveland, Rice, and McKitty all have been dealing with injuries, although I think um, Cleveland and McKitty, I think have been playing through their injuries But they opted out because they were still healing from injuries. And as I said, I'm never going to give people crap over that. All three of them were drafted in the third round. DJ Daniel went undrafted. (laughs) And again, I can't tell you that playing in that game would have helped him. But it's hard to see how it would have hurt him. Now, obviously, in 21 and 22, Georgia played in the CFP and you had no opt-outs. But this is an interesting stat that Kirby Smart shared. In the 2020 NFL Draft, 58 of the first 64 picks played in their bowl game. Now, again, I can't tell you that there's no risk and no chance of losing value if you get into the bowl game. What I'm arguing that it's significantly overblown and that if you are not a guaranteed top five pick like a Drake May or a Caleb Williams, you really could benefit from playing in your bowl game. And let me give you some examples. Just from last year's bowl season, um, Deuce Vaughn, from K State, he went for 133 yards on 22 carries in a meaningless bowl game against Alabama, and as a five foot six, 176 pound running back, got drafted in the sixth round. Now you tell me that he's going that high without putting a show on against one of the best defenses in the country in Alabama. In that same game, on the other side, Bryce Young, who's already projected to be a top five pick, plays goes for 321 yards five touchdowns and no interceptions against K-State netting him his highest QBR of the year essentially the best game he played all year and people left that game saying he had cemented himself as QB1 going into the draft season another one from last year J Spears from Tulane he goes for 205 and four touchdowns in a massive upset over USC and he was taken number 81 overall again you cannot tell me that that game did not affect his draft stock. This is not an example of a non-opt-out game, but the year before, Jackson Smith and Jigba goes bonkers in the, in the um, Rose Bowl, a performance that was so good, he was basically able to sit out his entire junior year and still be a first-round draft pick. Don't tell me that game didn't help his draft stock. And last year, even though this was in the CFP, C.J. Stroud's game against Georgia answered questions for a lot of people about how he dealt with pressure, his mobility, and his ability to perform in big games. People came out of the game saying he has just shot up into the top 10 on draft boards. I know that was a CFP game, but my point simply being, bowl games can help your stock, and we've seen it, even one game, especially when you're playing against elite competition. Now, last year, notable players like Will Levis of Kentucky, Joy Porter Jr. of in-state, and Michael Meyer of Notre Dame all opted out. All of them were considered first-round top 30, top 40 picks. Um, some people had Joey Porter, like, in the top 10, and Will Evans in the top 10. All into the pre-draft tra- process with consensus first-round draft projections, and all went in the second round. And again, I can't tell you that playing in the ball game would have helped. They prevented injury. Maybe they would have fallen if they got injured. But I'm sure they were told all along, you've got first-round grades and first-round buzz. Don't risk it. When in reality... Playing a game against elite competition and performing well could help you shoot up draft boards. This is why I don't get about Florida State opt-outs. Johnny Wilson, don't you want to go play against Kamari Lassiter, a potential first-round draft pick in this year's draft, ball out, and improve your draft stock? Like Jared Verse, don't you want a chance to go against Amarius Mims, a potential first-round draft pick? Y'all, I know he's not playing. I'm just talking theoretically. And show people that you have first-round pass rush ability I don't get it. The running back, Benson, is also opting out. Don't you want to go see if you can put on a Cody Schrader performance and make yourself some money? Put a, put on a Tajay Spears performance from last year's bowl season and make yourself some money? Why wouldn't you want that opportunity? And I truly think this is the approach that Kirby Smart is taking with his players, saying, look at this as an opportunity to improve your draft stock, not as a risk. Whatever it is he's saying, it's working because, again, UJ's got all their players practicing and ready to go for the bowl game, and a lot of teams don't. And the thing that people are missing that they aren't talking about is that there's a whole lot more players like DJ Daniel and Brian Harrigan, and even a few years ago, Trayvon Grimes from Florida, who are opting out of these games, going undrafted, and the opt-out is not helping their draft stop. But again, nobody wants to talk about that. Either way, I'm just one man, and my opinion doesn't matter. Opt-outs will continue, and I'll continue to be upset and grumpy and complain about them. This has been Dave Bethay for the Title Run Sports Podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for listening.